Welcome back to the Break It Down for Bracken's podcast. Today we have a really cool topic. We have Ian Gingold. He is a commercial relationship manager with City National Bank. He works out of the King Street office in Martinsburg. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, Kevin. Thanks so much. And I know the idea of commercial lending can get really deep into the deep end pretty quickly. So we're going to keep this at a lower than a 101 level, more like a 95 level. Sure. Um, so first, let's define what your position is and what commercial lending is. Okay. So I work with both individuals and with businesses uh, to assist with needs for, for financing, to lend money for them to expand their business, for them to buy equipment, for them to set up lines of credit, for them to purchase real estate, for them to basically do about anything that requires um, you know, obtaining something um, and needing financing for that. So one thing you didn't say was you didn't say that you're lending money to start a business because mm-hmm. that's, that's probably a more difficult lift, correct? Yeah. So w- when you're working with a commercial bank, you know, what we're doing is lending out depositors money uh-huh. and we're very he- heavily regulated. And at a commercial bank, we are going to follow a lot of prescribed rules from the regulators and we're going to do things that we feel are going to be smart investments for the bank to make. And I, I hate to say it, but a lot of times startup businesses fail and you know, the bank can't, That's risky. Really, can't really put our, our money at risk for that. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, when it's, when you think it's time to invest and I'll paint a picture, let's say it's a landscaping company mm-hmm. and they started off maybe four or five years ago with um, their own personal residential sort of lawnmower and a pickup truck or maybe a trailer. I love the store. And some weed, weed eaters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they become, over, they become overwhelmed and now they, they need to hire guys, but if they're going to hire guys, they got to bring in more equipment. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a time when somebody would come to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love those kind of what I would call uh, businesses that don't require a lot of capital. What do I mean by that? I mean, you can use the old lawnmower, you can grab some flyers, you can use your old work truck. You know, that that's not a huge startup. It just requires work. It requires elbow grease. It requires getting out in that neighborhood, flyering it and spending your two to three years making money. You come to the bank and you've said, listen, Ian, I've been talking to you for a few years. Uh, I think I'm at the point now where I filed a few years of tax returns. Things look good. I've done what you've said. When you say they look good, you mean profitable. I mean, you got to make money. That's right. Right. (laughs) And the reason is, uh, real quick as an aside, you know, the, the, the positive cash flow, what we call it, the money that you're actually making is what you're going to use to pay the bank. So the other expenses you might have for your, you know, the labor, continuing with this example and the fuel and repairing your lawnmowers, you know, all of that has to, is priority. And then, you know, you might say, well, the, the loan is priority, but we want your business running and what's left over is what might pay for the new, you know, zero turn mower that you want to buy. That's, that's $7,500. So you've spent that time in a few years. We've talked about this. We've talked about you getting your finances in order. You have a good credit score. Um, Preferably your bank with City National. Right. Let's back up a second. So sure. you're talking about understanding having these things in order. Mm-hmm. What what do you need to bring to say the first meeting 
with somebody like you. Sure. It, the very first meeting, I just want you to have an open mind and don't be intimidated to sit down uh, and talk to me. And uh, my position as a customer or excuse me, commercial relationship manager is just that. And you and I were talking earlier, you know, that relationship is, is something that, you know, comes over time. And that trust is very important in banking. Uh, it gets me to know your character. Uh, and character is probably the number one thing that, that commercial lenders are going to look for uh, when making a loan. And that's represented through mostly your credit score, but also with that relationship that we'll have over with time. Bank, right. And that trust that we've built over time. You're not going to lend someone five bucks that you just saw off the street, but if it's your Uncle Ted, you know, he's good for it. Gotcha. Or maybe he's not. But you never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, I, it, initially I'm thinking about the term commercial lender, mm -hmm. and then I'm, I'm looking at your title as commercial real estate manager. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, commercial relationship, relationship manager. Mm -hmm. I can't read my own handwriting. Um, I like the idea of a commercial relationship manager over a commercial lender because a lender just tells me whether you are or not, right? Mm -hmm. A lender just tells me it's a yes or no. Mm -hmm. And if I'm just going to come in there with my spitball and my idea, hey, I'm going to do a, a roofing company because I own some ladders and this and that. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a lender, I know he's going to tell me no. <laughs> so hearing that there's a commercial relationship manager, that tells me I could probably come in with less lower expectations and you would have lower expectations of the meeting. But I worry that some people are just too busy to swim around with somebody who's just kind of kicking the bucket about a, a business. Sure. Um, but your title makes me feel like, well, I could talk to you a year or two before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I'm in this for the long term, and you know, I'm a, a, a younger junior lender and you form that relationship. And over time, you know, we'll build an empire together, right? You have to look to, to, to the future and, and have those relationships with people you trust and, and, and listen to me. You know, the, the advice that I'd provide isn't so that you don't have money to, you know, go out to the movies every night. It's, it's so that you can plan for your future. And, um, you know, we can't give too much specific advice, you know, do this or do that. But I can make recommendations as to say, like, well, you know, the, the cash flow is a little light. You know, maybe if we get it to this point, then this would work. Yeah, you need to check some boxes. Mm -hmm. Check these eight boxes in these ranges, and maybe you would you, that's be a good time to come back in to mm -hmm. assess or or check six of the eight boxes, and we'll see how we can help you adjust. There might be other options, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or it might be if you tell me, listen, in a year from now. You know, I need to get that, you know, new trailer to, to haul all this new equipment. You know, what do I need to get to that point? And without getting in too deep into the weeds, I may say, well, you can afford one that's at this price range if you put down this much money, you know, and I can kind of look at what that payment's going to be. And again, that, that's what we're really focused on is going to be what cash flow you have to, to make those debt payments. So, you know, we can kind of work towards goals in the future for that. Well, this goes off my, 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 my plan of things I want to talk about. So. <laughs> Because I knew this would happen. What, um, how fast do you have to pay the loan back? Let's say I get a loan for an F two fifty, sixty or seventy grand, right? Let's call it seventy grand. Uh -huh. And then let's say I get an eight thousand dollar trailer. So we're seventy eight. Mm -hmm. And let's say I get two, I get fifteen thousand dollars worth of mowers, which is two probably pretty good mowers. So right at hundred grand. Yeah, perfect example. Yeah. How long are the terms? Mm -hmm. Sure. So. What we look at what we're financing and we kind of look at, 
its lifespan. So if you're going to buy a brand new diesel, dually, blah, 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 you know, that's got a good 10, 15 years on it, I'd, I'd assume. Right. So, you know, perhaps for, you know, a new vehicle uh, in that situation, you know, 60 payments of, you know, five years, maybe six, seven years. The um, mowers, you know, maybe three years, five years, because those go down in value quickly. Wow, I didn't realize it'd be all chopped up. In my mind, again, knowing very little about loans, mm-hmm. in my mind, you just stroke a check for a hundred grand and you got to pay the hundred grand back. Like it, sure. So you actually chop it into different components like that? Well, what's great about commercial lending is I can structure that a number of different ways and, you know, without getting into a lot of specifics. Right. Um, you know, it's possible that I might just, you know, uh, take, uh, we take liens, you know, on, on the vehicle. You know, that's right. the collateral that you right. put up. Yep. You don't pay back. I get a new dually diesel. Sure. And then, you know, same with the uh, the trailers and the um, and mowers. mowers. So, you know, and for a $100,000 loan, we may not break it down into all that. But just for the sake of argument, because if there was a lot of extra zeros and we were talking about, you know, milling equipment or, you know, more, you know, big rigs, then yes, the the collateral, the asset that you're pledging, these are the terms, uh, for that mower, you know, I know you're going to run run it to death in three to five years. I want that paid off in three. Right. You know, and then this truck, which lasts longer, I'll put a longer uh, term repayment on something like that. And um, that's how that's how that would work. That's really okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. That, that helps me explain, understand some things. Sure. So besides an open mind, mm-hmm. if I was a little more squared away in business for four years, five years, and not really sure how to ask, but I know you're the guy, I heard the podcast, and mm-hmm. I'm going to make an appointment, go talk to you. What would you recommend somebody bring? Well, you know, the more information you can bring on your business, the better. A lot of people talk, do I need a business plan? You know, this is the worst. I, yeah. I don't think that you do um, for, for what we're doing. You know, when we're talking about using this, you know, landscaper example, mm-hmm which is a great business to be in, everyone. Um, you know, I'm not so worried about a business plan. I want to know, it'd be helpful to have your taxes. You know, I need to know what your personal uh, financial situation is. And there's, you know, you just call, we call it a personal financial statement. It's an application. It just has all your information on it that we need to run a credit report. Things like gross income, net income, mm-hmm. or after tax income or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then do I have rental properties? Yeah, exactly. Side so, incomes. So you list on that form any real estate that you own, you know, how much cash you have on hand in the bank, you know, how many stocks you got on your Robinhood account. What about credit card debts and stuff like that? Yeah. So we, we want you to list those on that application and then we're still going to run a credit report I and, see. A, a, as well because not every loan, and, and here's an interesting aside, I don't report my loans to your individual credit report. Okay. So uh, some banks may, some may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we talk on another podcast about why that is. But your credit score is important. But people confuse a lot of this business credit thing. Um, unless you're a larger company, you know, I'm not sure that you're going to necessarily have a, a business credit score. You know, we look more again on your cash flow and your individual credit. If you're we're talking basically about a sole proprietor that owns, you know, a landscaping company. Right. It'll get more complicated if you have partners and different entities and stuff, which again is for another podcast. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So 
tax records for a few years. Mm-hmm. And if you're a sole proprietor, it's just you're just running it through your personal. If you're an LLC, mm-hmm. that also runs through your personal just as a separate entity. If you're an S corp, I believe that makes you your your own tax entity. Mm-hmm. And you'd review that. Mm-hmm. Um probably if you have good bookkeeping people, please. Mm-hmm. I'm eleven <laughs> years in and the strongest lesson I ever learned was still learning is make sure I have really good bookkeeping and it's almost like graduate level statistics. You don't want to fall behind in that, in that <laughs> category. Cause you're, you're never going to understand what language even your business is speaking if you don't have good financials. Mm-hmm. So on a side note, look for a good bookkeeper and make sure you are them are working together to make sure your books are right. Cause then you'd bring a P and L statement into you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, even more technical sort of reports like cash flow analysis and uh, a balance, balance sheet, sheet. Mm-hmm. which if you don't know yours, dude, it's totally okay. Mm-hmm. But you're going to want to educate yourself in that stuff because right now you don't have time because you're so busy landscaping or mowing lawns or whatever. And yeah, when you get home, your head's too cooked to reconcile the books once a week even. And then that turns into once a month and then it turns into once a quarter. And then you're like me once every three years mm-hmm. and the exorbitant amount of money I have paid due to bookkeeping errors on my part, bookkeeping delays or forensic bookkeeping. We're, we're well over 10 to 15,000 that I've paid just to wow. fix it, man. Sure. And it was because I was in my own way. I didn't make it important enough. And if I, found myself in an opportunity to all of a sudden be the entire state of West Virginia's mowing company. Mm-hmm. And I need to get some loans right now because I got a contract that's crazy mm-hmm. or, or something massive where I would need three or four trucks, three or four trailers, 15 mowers, staff and everything that goes along with them. That would require a loan. And now I got to spend six months rebuilding my books before I can even get it into you. Mm-hmm. That's really frustrating as a business owner, because then you can't capitalize on really great, sure thing opportunity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of tradesmen, you know, just as an aside, are are great at their trade. Yep. You know, and, and you could be the best painter, you know, or the best uh, landscaper or, you know, carpenter or whatever, but you got to know the books. And, and if you don't know the books, hire somebody that does. Yeah. Because, you know, what if you don't bill somebody for, for six weeks, you know, or you just forgot or, you know, yeah. what you're just focused on your craft, which is great. But, um, you know, if you want to have goals in the future and, and level up, as we were talking mm-hmm. about, and become that, uh, get that contract with the DOT to handle all the state roads or yeah, whatever, right. you know, you're going to have to put yourself in that position and, and think long term, what do I need to get to that point? And it's going to be, you know, reporting income right. and having a bookkeeper or accountant that's going to, you know, help keep track of that. And, and really, you got to know if you're making money on your jobs or losing them, Kevin, you know? Totally. Like my, the way my father taught me and how it's been innately ingrained in my DNA from my father, my grandfather. And we know, we know we're making money. <laughs> I don't know how much, but I'm making I money. Don't, yeah, I know it's there. I don't know exactly how much, but I know things are fine. It was so e- It's so easy to coast in that fine zone. Yeah. Um, but what's great is I'm rapidly accelerating towards squared away zone. Like, uh-huh. I, I like I actually like analyzing financials. Okay. Just yeah, like I don't you, get around on my own. You know what? Co- how much cubic feet of paint you need, or whatever, and what those costs are going to be, and how oh, much yeah. labor, and how long it should take to oh, finish yeah. that job, yeah. and the cleanup, and the. In my head, I know it. Yeah, it's not on paper. <laughs> um, and 
like the bookkeeper I just interviewed yesterday, she was like, so do you track each job when it comes to the labor and the receipts? And I'm like, nah, man, I, <laughs> I definitely don't have the time for that. And she was like, well, I can coach you to do that. And I was like, I can work with you on that. But at this, here's the thing, man, Ian, I just said it at this moment. It's not important to me. Mm -hmm. If I came to you and was asking for a half million dollars, you'd be like, here's why it was important three years ago, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. I'm starting to learn these lessons right now as we're talking. So thank you. Um, but here's the thing. My, my next question is, why is it so scary? Why do I think everybody I know gets turned down? Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, again, it might be, you know, this tradesperson, you know your job, you know, and you know your craft, but you're unfamiliar with the bookkeeping or you know, the big scary banker with the suit on and the, you know, haircut and all of that, you know, that, that person could be intimidating and they may use words that are, are big and complicated that you're not familiar with. But then if you came and talked to me about, you know, different pigments of paint and colors, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. So I'd be intimidated if, if I had to go in and, and talk to you about that. Yeah. So it's just being unfamiliar. And, you know, I would, I would encourage folks to, to call a friendly banker like me right. <laughs> who's willing uh, you know, to sit down with you and walk you through all of this and, and not be intimidating, but I, I love to educate. And your, uh, your title is relationship manager. I yeah. really find that intriguing and way less intimidating. Sure. I'm not just, you know, the, the, the loan officer that you take the elevator, the top floor to, you know, say, well, your books aren't in order. There's no cash flow here. You know, we're sorry. You know, right. I, I don't want to have, that's that. how, it, that's how I think it would be. And, and what does that do for my reputation in the community? You know, that I would like to be known as an, as an advisor, someone that anyone could go to and, uh, you know, receive some coaching. And uh, I think that could be why it's intimidating and, um, you know, no offense to other banks or, or lenders or whatever. But you know, maybe you do $30 million commercial project deals and, you know, you're not working as a small business lender. Uh, and I am a small business lender. Good. And there are lots of small business lenders here locally in our community. Um, and, you know, there's a few of those those big timers, you know. Um, but if you called and you wanted to meet with a relationship manager, you, you talk to someone like me and, and you, you're probably not going to meet with big time Willie nice. to, to talk. That's really good. That's really good to hear, Ian. It really is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say that there's a couple of things I want to talk about as we wrap this up, but, mm -hmm. and you may have already answered this one, but let's, let's drive it home. Mm -hmm. Easiest way to be successful to get the loan. Mm -hmm. What does it look like or Maybe share a success story of a client you had that just killed it, killed it out of the gate. Like, wow, not much work for me to do because you've sure. got it all right. I mean, it, it's very helpful to have a, a good accountant and a good CPA. And, you know, any lender would say this in mortgage or, um, you know, commercial. When I send you a list that says this is what I need, and, and often, Kevin, I, I never hear back from people the, after I send that list. That's the worst. And I, and, and I feel I feel terrible and, and I don't know if it was intimidating or a lot of times, you know, maybe what it is, is they know, well, if I send this to him, it's going to look terrible and I'm afraid to send him my taxes because, you know, I show losses for the last three years. Um, but, you know, send them to me and, you know, send me your personal finance and we'll talk it through is what I would say. A lot of folks just get intimidated at that point. But, you know, the, the ideal situation is when I get those tax returns that they've, they've shown increasing profits and cash flow. Uh, I like to see folks that don't carry a lot of credit card debt. And I hate to say that, but it's, it's just a bad kind of debt. And uh, a client of mine I was speaking with, you know, kind of got caught 
because rates went up so much, and now they're expecting the highest APRs ever on, on credit cards. But, right. Uh, anyway, someone that manages and pays their debts uh, as agreed, um, and we find that again on, on a, a credit report, and I'm circling back to character again being the most important aspect, and, uh, you know, pay your bills on time, folks. You know, right. uh, I need to, I, I, I don't care if your score is a 650 or an 820. I don't care what the score is, as long as you're paying bills on time and, um, you know, showing a willingness to do that. That's, that's really more important. So, uh, a perfect example would be someone that has, you know, kept their credit in order, paid their bills on time again, and somebody that has, uh, gone out and worked hard and I can tell that they've got money coming in and that is responsive to me when I ask questions because that shows how responsive you may be to your customers. Right. You know, and, um, you know, so your reputation is important. Um, you know, that is something that still is taken into account. Again, character. But somebody that, you know, when I sit down and talk to you, I can get, I can get a pretty good feel for is this person serious? You know, is this person going to work hard? And, um, I do have success stories. Um, I probably don't want to, want to share too, too many specifics on those, sure. but, um, you know, I just, I just love somebody that can get out there and work, whether if they're cleaning pools or, or cutting lawns or whatever it is, uh, a lot of folks want to get into real estate. And again, that's another long conversation and real estate's very complicated how we look at that. So you're saying real estate as a commercial loan? Yeah. Yeah. So if you even if you're just looking to buy um, single family real estate as an investment. I see. You know, that's, uh, we, that's what we do a whole bunch of. So again, another podcast for that. I think today we're focusing more on the operators as we would call it. Right. Them. Yeah. You know, and even the sole proprietor, or, you know, maybe you and your buddy, you know, formed a, an S corp, a partnership and your guys are cutting lawns together or doing consulting or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. This has been really good. I, um, I wish I had more questions to ask, but my intention is to have you on numerous times over the course of a year cool. where we talk about the importance of credit, mm. talk about the, um, the real estate component of maybe flipping houses or buying like real, um, commercial real estate mm -hmm. to invite tenants to take part of it and then turn the upstairs into apartments, things like that. Oh, that's I the good, that's the good stuff. I feel like funnels <laughs> through you. Um, and then we'll probably do, um, we discussed earlier about one podcast just on how to understand your P&Ls. Yeah. So somebody could print out their own P&Ls and this would be a really fun, almost choose your own adventure, I'd say. But we could literally go line by line understanding the P&Ls and how, why it's important and why you want to have things categorized the right way. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're going to see that in the future. But for just kind of the basic intro, I think I think we really knocked it out of the park. So Good. if I understand correctly, <laughs> I'm going to want to have... You know, I want to I want to show profits because that's the whole point of being in business. And mm -hmm. yeah, I can grow and grow and grow and show losses. But if a bank is going to lend me money so that they can get paid back first and then make money on the money they lent me, yeah. I need to prove that. Listen to me clearly, clearly, people. I need to prove that I am a profitable business. That only happens when you show profits and you pay taxes, right? Yes. You're going to, at the same time, record your books in a way so that it translates to reflect why you paid them as much taxes mm -hmm. and showed as much profit. By having good books, you can then analyze where your systematic flaws are, fix those so that the company is reporting 
truly how profitable it is. Mm-hmm. And then come to the table with an open mind and not a business plan, but a justification for the equipment you're going to, you're going to buy with the money that's being lent to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Especially if, if I see your sales are, have been growing and you're telling me I, I had 50 accounts year one, then I grew it to 150. Now I've got 300 accounts. I would say, well, next year I might expect that trend to continue as long as he can get the new truck trailer and mowers, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, then that, that, that means a lot more to me than some cockamamie business plan that says what you're going to do, you know, and, uh, my, the big boss of the company, he always says he's never seen a performer that didn't cash flow, right? right. <laughs> so, you know, what, what good is that? You know, they're yeah. all, you're, you know, painting me, you know, a, a rosy picture of the future, uh, means less than showing me that for the last two to three years, you've been growing, you know, customers and, uh, cash flow and accounts. Awesome. Ian, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions or if they want to schedule like a meeting to come in sure. and meet with you? Sure. You can always, you know, Google Ian Gingold, City National Bank, find your way to my uh, page on our website. Uh, my direct line at the bank, this goes right to me, is 304-264-4530. Um, you know, I'm in the office, not remoting. <laughs> and uh, so usually I'll pick up the phone for you. If not, I'll, I'll call you back same day. Or you could just walk in the King Street office. You could bu- you could just bust right in. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting maybe there. Maybe an appointment, maybe not. Otherwise, they can make an appointment. I'll probably be sitting there with the door closed eating a salad. So I got you. Just come on in. <laughs> I got you. Well, Ian, thank you so much for being on here. I, I appreciate your willingness to come back and educate us on um, some more what non-business owners might find as dry information, but business owners might really latch on to. Well, I hope so. And I hope to be back and and we can get into some more of the the nitty gritty of some of the the fun stuff too. Mm -hmm. Ian, thank you very much. You're welcome. Today's conversation was brought to you by Bracken's Painting. You can find information about Bracken's Painting at www.brackenspainting.com for all of your residential and commercial painting needs. Give Bracken's a call. 